What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Why is sex and being sexually charged up and connected something that is important? Here's what I think about now. Here I am in a marriage and I love my mom, God rest her soul, but she had four, 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 five marriages. You know what I mean? Like, I'm on one. I'd like to just stay at one personally. So I have never seen marriage, like, work. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I've ne- in, in my close space, I, I've never seen it work. I've, I have not watched it be functional. Whatever that, you know what I mean? Whatever functional may be. Like, it's, it's been more so, like, dysfunctional. And wanting to get it right. But in order to get it right, I do make mistakes. Kelly Rowland doesn't have to work on things. She's oh, yes, I do. Perfect. No. Far from it. Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I'm going to take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I say, lovers and friends. Uh, I'm going to hold you down, down to the end. I say, Hi there, lovers and friends. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Sham Boudram. I'm a public-facing sex and relationship expert with 15 years in the game. I have an educational background in sexology, psychology, and journalism. Those of you who know me and the show already know all that, but what you don't know is why is it that I'm sitting here when I told you I was gonna be on hiatus? And the answer to that is, well, in the teaser. When Kelly Rowland calls and says that she wants to be on your show, you bring your show back from hiatus. You dust off that microphone you find the camera and you find the time to do it. And I am so glad that I did. What a thrilling once in a lifetime conversation that we're gonna actually dive right into. I'm gonna give the backstory as to how I snagged this interview and a couple of other what have I been doing updates, but I'll do it at the end of the episode, let's be honest. We're all here for the main event, the woman of the hour. Um, If you don't know, Kelly Rowland is starring in a brand new Netflix movie that is out everywhere February 23rd. Hopefully you've already watched it. If you haven't, you should go do that because there are tons of spoilers that it's gonna be coming in this episode. Here's a little tease of the trailer. What the prosecution has is pretty damning. I know that you have an eye for details, so don't leave anything out. She was a goddess. One day I came back and she was gone. So you believe this guy? Desire, why did you do it? anything like it you always go with your gut please this is my life and they're trying to ruin me you're repping zaire malloy you're damn right mia culpa is the inspiration for this conversation and this conversation has two sponsors the first which is dame products and let me tell you guys something these toys will elevate your sex life should i bring this out or is it looking too used so happy this is such a healthy conversation um it was um a specific toy I remember buying. And I remember um, I was so excited about this toy. And I told him about this particular toy. And he was like, all right. And so we discussed it, <laughs> talked about it. I have to tell you the whole story off camera, because that I can't share. 
Dame Products is not another sex toy company. It is a movement committed to inclusivity, innovation, and pleasure founded by a sex educator and an MIT engineer. Dame Product Vibrators are companions on your journey of self-discovery and fulfillment. Plus, they have glowing reviews from the New York Times, W Magazine, and of course, Yes, from me as well. So why settle for anything less than extraordinary? Join the thousands of satisfied customers who have made Dame products a staple on their nightstands because when it comes to pleasure, you and your lucky partner deserve nothing but the best. Check out their line at dame.com. And if you would like to pick something up, my code SHANLOVERS, SHANLOVERS, gets you 15% off at checkout. And if you want a recommendation from me, go for the air or the night bundle, which includes an air because you need an air. Um, anyways, let's chat with Kelly Rowland. Hey. Kelly Rowland. Yes. Author, as you know, big fans in this house. What about the backside? Yes, oh, ma'am. I, I think that's a brilliant idea. I do. I do. I think that's a brilliant So right here, right here, right? I mean, my hair doesn't look like this right now. This is a new girl. But <laughs> right here is fine? Okay, cool. I eating <laughs> Do you eat Philanthropist, entrepreneur, award-winning musical icon, award-winning TV personality, award-winning actor, wow. and leading lady of Mia Culpa, number Thank one in the call you. sheet. Welcome. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Wait, can you guys that. clap too? Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank okay. you. Okay, I have to admit that I am in such a bind here because Why? the movie comes out February mm -hmm. 23rd globally, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Globally. Mm -hmm. It comes out February 23rd, mm -hmm. and I'm going to be sharing this with everybody before that to ensure that when it does come out, it's number one and it's a huge hit. Thank so everyone's so pressing go, which means they were like, no spoilers. Mm -hmm. So I watched it. Okay. I clearly want to talk about it with somebody else. Oh. You're somebody else who's been in it. Yes. I'm going to beep this part out for anybody who's going to be stressed out about this, okay? But okay. the sexual eclipse scene, mm -hmm. I didn't know that was a kink of mine. Like really? to walk in and see somebody that I am sexually attracted to mm -hmm. having sex with somebody else mm -hmm. and then to just shoo them away, not mm -hmm. even with words. <laughs> and then to just everyone to understand it's me now. I'm yes. in the room. Like yes. what? How hot was that? <laughs> what was your face doing when you read the script? Uh, my mouth dropped. It was actually the moment I said, I don't know that I can do this film. <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, it was literally the moment that Tyler kept, he texted me and he was like, um, you got an answer for me? And I was like, can we talk on the phone? So of course he called me and um, we talked about it. And I said, I just, I, uh, and I kept stuttering. And I was like, I, it, he was like, you don't know if you want to do it. Does it scare you? And so... Of course it did. Of course it did. So I called a friend of mine and he said, Kelly, if it doesn't scare you, what's the purpose? Like you, you, you have to jump and you have to take a risk. And he said, it should scare you. He was like, so you should jump right into it. And so I'm really grateful to him, really grateful to Tyler um, because they pushed me out of a comfort zone. But when I read that scene, I said, oh, Lord, like it just <laughs> the room was really hot. <laughs> I was like, God, dog. But it was it was I, I didn't. The funny thing is, it was it was actually something else. It came in and it was like it was supposed to be like all of us, like really engaging in each other. Oh. And I said, I don't know. I said, I feel like it's something that like would really like you'd want to be a part of it more kind of if you're watching. Yes. You know what I mean? You're like, what? what am I missing or what am I possibly missing? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So when the collide happens, it was just like more 
of like a, you know what I mean? Okay, am I interpreting that it was supposed to be a threesome? Yes. It's way better this way. Yes. It's way better this yes. way. Yes, yes. Because I we've seen so and done that before. Yeah. It is the eclipse that is so hot. Oh, good. I actually looked it up to be like, is there a specific word for this uh-huh. kink? Uh-huh. And it was like, oh, it's a mix of voyeurism and mm-hmm. a mix of the SM from BDSM, but mm-hmm. it's like not technically has a word. And like it needs its own word because yes. it's not cuckolding necessarily where you want to watch your partner with somebody God, else. God, I love this woman. <laughs> I just love her. Keep talking. <laughs> right? And it's not voyeurism because yes. that's not the turn on. Mm-hmm. But the turn on is that you're so insatiably desirable and mm-hmm. your chemistry is so strong mm-hmm. that you can walk into that moment and as if that person is barely even there. And they know it too. You're right. You're absolutely right. Oh my gosh. How many takes does it take to get those scenes? This was the funny part. The funny part to me was it was so technical. You know what I mean? Like I remember like before Tyler was like asking me like for a playlist. And so he's like, like, what's going to put you in a mindset? I was like, a mindset? Like I'm just, you know, I had to get out of myself. And so I put together a playlist and um, then it was, all right, here we go. Like we're going to, like we're getting the, the intimacy coach is here. The lighting is here. The this person is here. The boom guy is here. Like I was like, all right, all right. And I remember asking other actors, like, how do you get your mind ready for something like this? Because, you know, sex is so intimate and vulnerable. And I'm all about the, the senses of everything. I want it to smell right. I want it, to, I mean, like in real life and for play play. So I want it to smell right. I want the, the, the space to really like feel like I'm, I can completely surrender. So um, yeah, that was like dancing, like that line was really, really crazy. You know what I mean? So it was us talking about it like, you know, deciding like what we're comfortable with. And then when it was time to call action, like it was like it happened. And then it was like, all right, stop. <laughs> we need the light on the left side of Kelly's face. All right, Javante, move your head to the right. Can you like, it was I more I didn't think so you were going to say face just now though. <laughs> no, no, it was so technical because it was about getting like the 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 angles and the the fact that like everything would glisten off of each other. Like, because yes. that's what we were wanting to really like put details on, you know what I mean? Was the fact that if it's art, it has to be really beautiful and and make people want to be a part of it. It was beautiful. It was sensual. It was sexy, which brings me to my next thought. Mm -hmm. So I asked ChatGPT how they would describe Kelly Mm Rowland. And this is what ChatGPT said. Oh, Lord. (laughs) I'm sure you can guess. What's ChatGPT? Kelly, are you joking? No, I'm not. Okay, Ness, I'm joking. Okay, Okay. so ChatGPT essentially is like uh, Google AI. So you can ask it things, and rather than it giving you searches, it provides answers for things. And so it's like an omnipotent information source. Okay. It said, Kelly Rowland is the beacon of talent, empowerment, and grace in the entertainment industry and beyond. And I wanted to read that to you. Oh, AI. (laughs) I've been giving you a hard time. I'm sorry, boo. Not even a beacon. (laughs) The Beacon. Oh, wow. I wanted to read that in light of the logline of the film, which I love, um, which is everyone is guilty of something. Mm -hmm. And I think that's interesting for you because we can look at Kelly Mm -hmm. as, and I say Kelly Rowland because it's a brand, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to make that different than the person. But we can look at Kelly Rowland as 
grace and style Mm -hmm. and poise and Mm -hmm. class. And those are things that clash Mm -hmm. with many of our perceptions around sexuality. Mm -hmm. Was this movie a conscious choice to get people to see you more dimensionally? Um, yes and no. Um, I, I remember being afraid of that. You know what I mean? And, um, What I mean by that is like, oh, my God, it's so out of the grace and poise and this and that. And then I thought to myself, so, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's it's um, it's a character. It's also fun. Um, This is pushing me and I love all of the above. So why not? And I was afraid that it would clash. And then I just didn't care anymore. I really, really didn't. Because, I mean, there's so many other things I'd be intrigued to play. You know what I mean? Like, that are so completely opposite of me because it's colorful. It it allows you to see so many different sides. And I think that we all have so many different sides, whether we want to tap into them or not, scared of them or not. I just think that it's just the, it's exciting. Because I don't think it's scared to, I, and this is the thing, it was even a good reckoning for me because your music is sex, love, empowerment. Mm -hmm. We know you to be sexy and fine as hell. So Mm -hmm. we don't have a problem looking at you as sexy, but sexual. Mm -hmm. For some reason, those Mm -hmm. two things don't coincide because Mm -hmm. of even somebody who's done a lot of work around dismantling like shame and judgment and stigma Mm -hmm. around sexuality. For me, I'm even having a hard time seeing you have sex because Mm -hmm. I'm like, Kelly doesn't have sex. Yes, she does. She has two fucking kids. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, I have two kids, <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's a part of it too, of saying that this isn't a some you know far off part of you. It's yeah. a beautiful part of who you are, mm-hmm. and was a part of the sex positivity from a woman's side of it a reason why you were attracted to the script? Um, like I said, it was the one thing that scared me away from the script. And uh, but it was also the thing that really lured me into it. Um, But yeah, because I was like, oh, do I want people to see me or know me like that? And then I was like, this is Mia. (laughs) Like, chill out. I kept telling myself, like, I had to separate. But, you know, this is Mia kind of sounds like this is Mia. (laughs) (laughs) This. (laughs) Yes, you're right. (laughs) You're absolutely right. This is me. (laughs) (laughs) The reason why I also think this is interesting, because I have been courting you for so long. Mm -hmm. um, And one, I want to actually ask you about that. As somebody who is highly sought after, I do want to get your tips on how people can court you. Uh, But I've been courting you for a year now. And the reason why I even had the nerve Mm -hmm. to ask you is because you interacted with a clip from the podcast that Tenariel uh, was talking about and you shared it on your story mm-hmm. where she was talking about positive affirmations and sex mm-hmm. and then I was like oh, Kelly has sex <laughs> I, can, I can try to talk about yes. sex with her yeah. um is this something that you're feeling more comfortable talking about yeah I mean like you said when I have two kids I'm grown and who is gonna check me you know what I mean I think that it's more so about being really like settled and confident in my sexual space and not letting anybody or society like try to put me in a place they've done that for so long and I feel like as women as black women um, we're in a space now to where we're showing the world what we own 
And that is our sexuality. I don't think that anyone's allowed to dictate, you know, your thoughts and, and anything anymore. We were driven by that for so long. And when I hear, whether it's your podcast or anyone else's, like, and it's talking about sex and I'm learning about sex and I'm learning about the things that I even want to say but can't quite put into words. Yes. I'm grateful and thankful for these moments and able to really educate and understand myself and empower myself, you know what I mean? The way these spaces have for me. And I think that when you kind of, I don't want to say, yeah, normalize it, then it just makes for really fun conversation. Really fun conversation. Can I ask you a broad question? Yes. Um, what does sex mean to you? What value does it have in your life? And what have you learned about it as a part of life? Oh my goodness, I'm, I'm relearning sex to be completely transparent from just stuff, you know what I mean? And it is sacred, it's special, it's intimate, it's electric, it's fire, it's leaving me out of breath right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I I I, I it's, it's fun. It's enjoyable. It's spontaneous. It's you know. It's it, yeah. It's bomb. <laughs> it's bomb. <laughs> How do you think that Mia defines sex? And are you inspired by her definition, or mm -hmm. is that a definition that you're like she has some evolution to go through? I mean, I think that in this case with my character, you know, she is going through such a transition in her journey of relationship and, and love and, and sex and, you know, what that looks like for her in this relationship at this time and trying to navigate that and being cut in between these like this uh, these or at a crossroads, really. You know what I mean? And trying to figure out like. What am I going to do? And having to navigate that as her, like I really fell for her. I really fell for her because it's like on, on, in this, in this space, Roger's going to talk about it because <laughs> you'll edit it out. Right. But in, in her space at home, it's just so not seen. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not seen. It's not heard. And it goes to show like the woman is definitely like there. You know, she's present. And, and the, the man, I believe the man is there, too, when he feels seen and heard. And those things are so important in a relationship and marriage. And um, in that moment, she just really felt like I got to do something. It's like all this sexual energy and she couldn't put it anywhere. Then when she could put it somewhere, it was like not giving back to her in the way in which she wanted. You know what I mean? So she took matters into her own hands. And I was like, ooh, girl, <laughs> you sure you want to do this? It's, it, she was so bold. You know what I mean? Like I felt like what she did was really bold. And like I, I, that part in the script like took me, I was like, whoa, I, I wasn't expecting that at all. What's the take it or leave it? Not necessarily for you, but overall, mm. when people watch this movie, what is the take it from what they're going to learn about or examine about themselves sexually? And what's mm. the leave it advice you have? Take it. Mm. That's a really great question. 
I mean, I told you my take. I literally took that into my bedroom last night, that fantasy. <laughs> so <laughs> really? that was my take. Okay, let's see. I mean, I, my very first thought was the paint. You know, the, the funny, uh, you can take the paint and leave the mess. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Take the paint. That damn mess of, a, first of all, trying to get paint out of my <laughs> necklace and my hair. I thought you were talking about the metaphorical mess. No. <laughs> the, the, when I tell you the, the paint was everywhere, <laughs> like everywhere. It was everywhere. Like I had to, we had to send stuff like the special cleaners to get it out, including my hair. So, and the leave it was, oh, that darn mess. It was just, it was a mess. It was a mess. But it was a beautiful mess. What about the paint did you like? Is that an underutilized sex tool? I think so. I think it was like about, it was, it was, first of all, it was cold the day that we shot it. It was just real cold outside. So it, we had like heaters, but the heaters just wasn't enough. But it was like this one moment where the paint like dripped like toward like the the like very small of my back, and I said whoo, and, and I, I felt something, and I was like I could get back in it again because I just all I was thinking about was oh it's cold, and then all of a sudden it like went right in this space, and I said okay I'm here, like it was something about that like the paint and the way it falls on the body and the fact that it was so beautiful and its bodies and the way the colors collided it was just art it really was art it was so hot to watch what conversations do you have to have in your real life about intimate scenes well the funny thing is is i remember we were supposed to shoot it one day and i called my husband and he was like all right well you know go go do whatever it is you're gonna do <laughs> it wasn't like kill it have fun <laughs> you know what i mean but he was very supportive <laughs> very supportive um but it was um you know he was like well what what happened and so when i'm describing it but then i'm saying but then i had to i stopped and then we could you know i'm explaining everything in detail so that he knows and you know so when people start if they start even asking questions he's like i know Yes. I know. Like that means the most to, to me and to him and to us as a unit is for him to be like, yeah, no, I saw it. And I know, I know, I know, I know. But I hit that first. It's, it's all of that. Like I, I care about that more than than anything. That's or that, that's been mine. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. Can you take inspiration from that into your own life? No, I was definitely bothered and ready to come home after that scene. <laughs> Definitely ready for because I was in Atlanta and I we filmed in Atlanta. We filmed in Atlanta, we filmed in DC, and we filmed in the Dominican. And but after that, that was we filmed it in Atlanta. And I remember I called my husband and it was still early in LA. And that was a lovely night. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, I could ask for more details, but I'm gonna be classy. I'm going to be the beacon of talent and grace in this moment. <laughs> Pardon our only interruption, I promise. But like Mrs. Rowland was saying, sex in a relationship does not have to be boring or repetitive or mediocre. But somebody has to put in the work to keep that spark alive. And with an already full plate, I get it. Who really wants extra responsibility? And that is why I am thrilled to share an innovative solution from our sponsor, Aria. 
Aria is a subscription service that is like having a personal concierge for your love life. You can stop guessing what gets your partner excited about sex or what they wanna try and let Aria figure it out for both of you. So you start by taking a very short quiz and based on both of your answers, Aria will create a collection of scenes that align with your desires. So if you're looking to try an adventurous kink or you want a sensual night in, let Aria plan it for you. What you're gonna get is erotic stories, conversation prompts, sex ed tips, and an Aria box of goodies with all the things you need to bring your scene to life. Aria team members are made up of real people in relationships, plus scientists who care deeply about the sexual wellness and sex exploration of Aria couples. Rest assured, each scene is evaluated, tested, and discussed at length by the real deal sex educators out there and couples. Jared and I have been using Aria since last year, and it has been such a blast to get these monthly memorable experiences curated for us. And look, it costs less than a dinner date. Plus, if you use my code SHAN15, you can get 15% off now. Happy Sexplorations. This sits in the erotic thriller category. And even um, there's something called arousal confusion, wherein that when people are scared, um, mm -hmm. they can actually mistake that for being aroused because it's mm. the exact same physiological response that takes place. Mm -hmm. So that's why they suggest actually going on a dangerous first date okay. is more likely to make someone like you because you're already going to be in fight or flight and that like heightened sense of anxiety. And so erotic oh, thrillers just keep you aroused the entire the whole time. time. Yeah. When I tell you, I'll never forget, I was at my mom's friend's house and they were playing uh, Basic Instinct. Me and, me and my friend were supposed to be upstairs. Whoops. And I'll never forget, she made one on the floor and it was uh, before, I can't think of what, mo it was Boomerang. It was Boomerang, it was Boomerang. Um, I think. But it wasn't an erotic thriller. It was just an intimate scene. And we was definitely supposed to be asleep. But I just heard the huh. And I was like, oh, I don't think I'm supposed to be hearing this. And I went back. And then I remember later on um, hearing uh, the sounds to Basic Instinct, like all these intimate moaning sounds. And so I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to be hearing this either. But later when I was able to watch it, I was like, oh, I get it. Like, yes. but erotic thrillers just have this like sense of danger. This, this moment where you're just completely like, like focused the whole time. It keeps your attention the whole time. And that is impressive. I understand why Michael Douglas like did them back to back to back to back to back. They were so successful at that time. Did you see like the string of erotic thrillers he did? No. Back to back. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, he knew, he knew well, what he was listen, doing. Listen, you don't know ChatGPT. I don't know these movies. <laughs> now we're even. I have homework. Well, then we're even. You have homework. We're That's even. Great. We're even. <laughs> I loved this um, way that Tyler Perry described the movie I wanted to read. I thought it was really lovely. Okay. Just lose yourself in this moment. Two hours where you just enjoy a story. Peek into someone else's life. Be a voyeur. Look at what they're doing. Escape for a minute. There's so much going on in the world. So much darkness. So much madness. Just take a moment to escape and enjoy this crazy thriller with these incredible actors. I think you'll have a good time. I love you, Tyler Perry. He's right. How would you answer the question of what do you want people to get from this movie? I want them to be surprised. And I want them to enjoy the ride. I really do in so many ways. I want them to enjoy the ride. And I want them to be inspired. And I want them to, I wanted to also like awaken their senses. You know, like you said, like, no, I took this away. Like, I love that. 
And that's exactly what we wanted. Um, and that makes me happy. Like really, it really, really does. You have no idea because that's that was like a goal. The fact that I had sex thinking of you last night makes you happy, or the fact I mean, <laughs> I mean that is no. Uh, it was the inspiration. Just, the inspiration. I think the inspiration is the most important part. Yes. You know what I mean. I'm flattered though, <laughs> but um, but that's dope. Yeah, I I always felt like what was the last? You know what movie I kept looking at? What what is that? Was it 365 on Netflix? Did you watch 365? Okay, I'm the only one that just binge watches all the sexy movies on Netflix. Is 365 is sex life? It's a lot of movies. I think that's a really that's a really necessary genre. Yes, I'm gonna talk more about that because this really brought me back to Eric Jerome Dickey, Zane, Connie Bristow, which mm. these. Are you familiar? No. Eric, Eric Jerome Dickey is probably a pretty good like comp to mm -hmm. the writing in this, but he okay. just writes erotic thrillers with really detailed sex scenes. Mm -hmm. Anyone else? From Eric Jerome Dickey? The yeah, the author. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's like it ends up being a genre that you really binge in your horny teens, mm -hmm. and then for some reason you think that you're too mature for them. I don't really mm -hmm. know what happens, but we go through this phase where we're just erotic content um and then even then there's a stigma against erotic content being mm -hmm. for a certain kind of person yes i mean to me like i feel like if i'm being very transparent like sometimes like when you're moving so fast like like you'll have a lull you know what i mean and then you need something to just like awaken you whether i'm away and i'm working or i'm coming back home or i'm stressed you know what i mean sometimes stress and work days and motherhood parent like everything gets in the way and then you forget about that and then you have to reconnect and sometimes you need a fantasy to reconnect you sometimes you need to see it and I'm like oh I should try that I wonder would he like that I know I would like that you know it's just it's just reminding yourself of of that part and then next thing you know that happens and you're feeling vibrant all over. I can't lie. That is just me. I, I'll literally have like a lull and I will have a really great time with my husband and I'm awakened as fuck. <laughs> so I love that. I love that. I love that you said the word you need to reconnect. Why do people need to reconnect in that way? Why is sex and being sexually charged up and connected, something that is important. I mean, it's so funny. I asked a, a married couple who've been married for 54 years. Um, they said, make sure you're always, um, they said, make sure you're communicating, make sure you talk about finances and make sure y'all make time to connect every week. I said, connect. She said, you know what I mean, connect. I said, yes, ma'am. And so I respected that. And she said, connect because we're we're attached to so many different things our phones you know our jobs our um stress our children there we get caught up in so many different things that this is the person that you know that you really like this after everything is done this is your person you know what i mean and i was so taken back by that because she was absolutely right at the end of the day it's me and him I know we we do have our children, but they are going. They're humans. They are going to get older, be teenagers, have their own life, have their own relationships, and everything else. And I still want us to be good because I have fun. When we have a good time, we have a good time. 
and you are my best friend in the whole wide world. I, I want to always be connected with you. So when we are connected, I might bother him and be like, can we do something? Can we just go out? Can we, you know what? Because I don't want to not have that with him. I don't know that, I, I mean, I'm good by myself, but I'm, I'm, I'm great with him too. Yes. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Like I, I'm feeling like my, my footsteps as, as a woman by myself and I'm learning so much about myself in marriage and, and me in marriage and where I can be better or, you know what I mean, where we can be better together. Like I just, yeah, I just, I, I like connecting. Whether it's just us like sitting there watching a movie together or um, what, whatever it may be. Like I, but I like to connect with him. I love the title of the movie, just means my bad in Latin, right? <laughs> yes. I love that also in reflection to the beacon mm-hmm. comment because I was actually having this conversation recently about your four agreements in marriage. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's agreements are slightly different and the human brain can hold between three and five bits of information. So it's like, what are the four things, no matter if you're parenting, if you guys are working together, if you're cleaning the house, if you're having sex, if you're cleaning out the garage, regardless, these four things are like consistently things you try to maintain together. Mm -hmm. And one person said to me that in their marriage, it's very important for her partner not to put her on a pedestal. And I was Mm. like, "Hmm." because most people feel the opposite. Yeah. That they're like, oh, like I want to be like seen as perfect to my partner. But she's like, no, like in her life, everybody looks at her as perfect and the do-gooder and the always do right. And so she's like, I just wanted to be a real person. Person. Um, That's good. And I'm curious about that for you because even when you said like things I have to work on in my marriage, I was like, Kelly Rowland doesn't have to work on things. She's oh, yes, I do. Perfect. No, far from it. Like I'm still learning about myself because here's what I think about now. Here I am in a marriage and I love my mom. God rest her soul. But she had four, four, four or five marriages. You know what I mean? Like I'm on one. I'd like to just stay at one personally. So I have never seen marriage, like, work. Yes. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I've ne- in, in my close space, I, I've never seen it work. I've, I have not watched it be functional. Whatever that, you know what I mean? Whatever functional may be. Like, it's, it's been more so, like, dysfunctional. And wanting to get it right. But in order to get it right, I do make mistakes. You know what I mean? And it's learning about my mistakes and being able to move on, whether it's being selfish, you know what I mean? And learning about like, oh, well, you shouldn't have said that like that, or you shouldn't have done that like that, or you handled that poorly. And him being able to tell me about it without my feelings being hurt and knowing that it's coming from a place of love. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was the hardest place for me because I did want to be you know, perfect, especially because it's like, if the world is doing this for me, like, I guess I should be, but that's not the way it really is. I'm, I'm not perfect, and I'm figuring out marriage, and I'm figuring out how to be a wife, and I'm figuring out how to be a mother all at the same time, and having a career, and you know what I mean? So it's, and for all of us, we all have to figure out all of these different things that are, that we have that's thrown at us in life, and try to really, you're not going to be perfect. I had to finally like really come to grips with that myself. And I I think that what she said was, what did your friend say? She wanted to not be put on a pedestal by her husband. 
And I and I that's brilliant. Greatest thing I've heard all year. It's only February, but so far <laughs> it's great. It's just brilliant. Because you won't get it right. Um all the time. All the time. All the time. <laughs> How integral is that phrase, Mia culpa in a marriage? My bad. Sorry. My bad. Um, to not take everything so personal. I did that a lot. I took, cause I, I, I did that a lot. I, I was so sensitive, you know, I'm still working through being so sensitive. And, um, I think that with my husband, he's so like, everything is just like, what is it? Water off a duck's back. Yeah. He's just so chill. Just the most go with the flow guy. Everybody loves him. Like literally he's just so cool. And, um, even if it's a joke, and it's a joke about me, I'd be like, why did you say that? You know, <laughs> I would be so sensitive. And now if he makes fun of me, I I have to be like, wait, was that serious? You just playing? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have to, I really have to, um, you know, um, not take things so so personal. Because I know at the end of the day, this man loves me and I love him. Do you have one son like you and one son like Tim? Yes. Titan is me. Noah is Tim. Correct? All day. Noah is just a G. A G. And Titan is the Scorpio sensitive guy. And I'm an Aquarian, but we just happen to look alike and act just alike. It's wild. The yeah. movie starts in a therapist's office. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that we learn is that this woman is having problems in her marriage. Mm -hmm. um, how important do you think is therapy? How important is therapy, do you think, to a marriage? Oh, my gosh. I think it's very important. And it's important not to wait till the problems come. Um, whether you're having therapy on your own or together, I think that is necessary. Um, we, I, I, I am definitely in my therapy all the time. I'm in my therapy all the time. And for us, like we found one and we have to find another one. Yep. This one guy that we had was just, he just didn't, he didn't fit us. And, and Tim seems to disagree with me, but I was like, Heck, nope, he ain't right. Which is, I love that you said that because yeah. some people write off therapy because of their experience with a therapist, but yeah. it's a relationship like anything else. Yes. Yes, but we're able to, like, talk through things way easier now. So he did something. He definitely made it easier for us to communicate with each other. So thank you. I know that the movie is not, um, it's an escapism movie. It's a moment to <clears throat> see, as, as Tyler said, it's a voyeuristic movie of seeing something fantastic that you're just not going to experience. Mm -hmm. Your neighbor's probably not going through this. Um, <laughs> but there's definitely takeaways from this that people can apply to their own life what are some of the things and the themes that you're really proud, especially as a black woman, that this movie brought up and is going to make a conversation? Oh, I have not thought about that. I mean, kink and therapy comes to mind. For me. <laughs> <laughs> kink and therapy. You're right. That's definitely one. I mean, I, I think that more people are talking about therapy. I hope that it brings the conversation in more for it, for sure. And we don't talk about kink. Why don't we talk about kink enough in our community? Is it because it's like, why, why, why not? 
I know. It's a real question. Yeah, I think that there's a strange dichotomy that happens wherein it's the Bible Belt influence mm. of you're not supposed to, but then also the pop culture influence of you're expected to be the freakiest, sexiest, most sexual. Mm -hmm. And I think nobody's really either. Right. And it's embarrassing to admit that. Wow. Okay. Why do you think? I mean, I think that a lot of things are taboo. They've kind of just like been like that. Yes. And I don't know why they still have to be. Um, I think that if some people like want to like keep certain things like at bay and you don't want to talk about it, that's one thing. But they don't talk about it with their partner. But they don't talk about it with their partner. And I think that sometimes it's because you don't know what your partner is going to think about you. But it's supposed to be an intimate space. Yes. So I'd much rather be honest and then say, if you think I'm crazy or kinky, then so be it. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's just between you two. And that's why it's intimacy. And that's why intimacy is necessary. And that's why intimacy is important. And it just makes things like tighter of a connection. You know what I mean? Between, between two people. So, yeah. Can you provide a PSA on kink? Not provide to say that you're kinky unless you want to self-identify as that. <laughs> but I'm, I, I'd say I'm a sensualist. Oh, tell me about that. Well, I, I saw this. What what was that? It was a, a special on Netflix. Um, it was a, something that Gwyneth Paltrow did. Did you see that? Yes. And she sex has, and Goop. Yes, yes, Sex and Goop. And so I found it really interesting. There was a woman on there who talked about, like, different, who had different couples on. And it was a couple that, um, a guy who realized he was more kink than anything, black man. And he was kind of like taken aback by it. And his wife was more sensualist, but she hadn't had any orgasms. And he was trying to figure, they were having this like kind of clash in the bedroom sexually. And I remember thinking like, wow, that's a long time for him to feel like he couldn't tell her that. Yes. You know what I mean? And a long time for her to not have this wonderful orgasm that she deserved. You know what I mean? And to know your body to, for your partner to know your body and you to know your partner's body is the most intimate thing that you can ever experience. And it's so, it's supposed to be a safe space. Yes. It's supposed to be a safe space for a beautiful thing to happen. And I feel like kink is definitely necessary when it needs to be there, for sure, to whether it's strike a fire or um, to bring on a spontaneous moment. Um, but I think it's nothing wrong with kink. But I am a sensualist. Okay, you have to actually educate me right now because I can feel what that word means, uh -huh. but I've actually never heard it before. So a sensualist is somebody whose senses have to be awakened in order for them to really come alive. And I'm all about it smelling good, the lights being low, the music is right, the way you touch, the candle has, like, it's all about that. And when it's like that, I don't know what version of me you're going to get. But you'll get the best one. <laughs> and that, that is real. When all of my senses are awakened, I'm scared of what I'm going to do. Is it important for people to identify? Not I even think scared. Not even scared of what I'm going to do. I'm just alive. Yes. Because <laughs> when you are a sensualist, did it take you a while to figure that out and put a name to it and describe to your partner, like, this is some of the reasons why I may not be as open yes. in certain moments. Yes, yes, absolutely. And 
I realized that like in some some ways I had to like turn that on too and show it to him. You know, um, so happy. This is such a healthy conversation. Um, it was um, a specific toy I remember buying. And I remember um, I was so excited about this toy. And I told him about this particular toy. And he was like, all right. And so we discussed it, <laughs> talked about it. I have to tell you the whole story <laughs> off camera because that I can't share. <laughs> but I just remember um, him saying, I'm, that was nice. I'm glad you added that. Wow. You know what I yes. mean? So it's like, I think that even toys are sometimes things like you don't talk about. Mm -hmm. You know, one of my favorite places to go is Pleasure Chest on Sunset. Yes. Like just to go on just like random nights. Why not? Have fun. Like it's fun. Sex is supposed to be fun. I love that too, because some people can think sensualist as seriousist. Like no. it has to be this like very serious, no. very spiritual thing. No, no, no. But it's got to smell good in there. The lighting got to be right. I want you to whisper the right thing in my ear. And I am all yours. I love that you, I want to go back to that scenario clip, um, in that she talked about affirmations versus dirty talk. And that's the beautiful thing about having these dialogues is that people say things to me that I've never thought of before. Mm -hmm. Like I've talked so much at nausea about dirty talk, mm -hmm. but affirmative talk like that's something so different that we don't have to take on this masculine or feminine role. It's not submission and dominance. It's yes. just worthiness. It's seeing the other person where they're at. Um, do you have like a specific thing for you that you learned about sex that has been like, that's a way I never thought about it before, but that feels right for me. Um, I think when I was younger, it was, you don't, it's, it's about like positions more so. It was, um, if you ride, you're a freak. That is far from the truth. If you ride, you're free. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, like, it was, like, it, was, it was more so, like, things like that I remember hearing. Like, the rules. Like, even when it comes to um, so many, oral sex. Like, all these different things. Like, people were so... I just got the wrong information. I got all the wrong information. And I thought that for, for a long time, I was so close-minded. So when you start having all these conversations and you're like, really? And you get more informations or information or you read about it and you just become enlightened. I think that no one should be close-minded. I think that no one should judge. I think that, you know, sex is as fun as you want it to be. I love that about this movie too, because... There's going to be people who love the erotic genre category who are going to watch it. Mm -hmm. People who love Tyler Perry who are going to watch it. Mm -hmm. Then there's people, I think a lot of people, who are not necessarily fans of either of those things but love you um, because they don't look at themselves in that way. Mm -hmm. And they do maybe have more of a Puritan, I want to use the other P word, which is prudish mm -hmm. mindset when it comes mm -hmm. to sex. Mm -hmm. And this is going to bust them wide open. Oh, good. I want them to be bust wide open. Bust it wide open. Go for it. <laughs> when I showed a girlfriend of mine um, the trailer for the first time, she said, rewind, rewind that part. Re rewind that part. I said, sure. 
I was like, wait, which part are you talking about? She was like, just that part right there. Just right, right. And now, because I'm moving like the little nudge, she was rewinding it back for Trevante. <laughs> She's like, oh, my God, I just haven't seen that much chocolate in all my life. I said, you have. <laughs> you have, but I need you to calm down. So the women like that have asked me about Trevante in particular, such a gentleman, um, very, very kind on set, super professional. And I mean, even when we met for the first time, like it was like Trevante, but then when I saw him on set, on set, it was Zaire. Like it, it was not, he literally disappeared. So I am forever in awe and grateful to him because he made me step up. Like I felt like, oh man. You know what I mean? I loved his performances in all of the movies that he's done. And he's a real method actor, like really great. So I wanted to meet him as much as I could. Um, last question I have for you. Mm -hmm. Was this your first time as number one on the call sheet? Yes. Big things. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes. For a movie, for sure. Yes. For a global yes. released movie. Yes, yes. Um, so it's going to go down in history for you, I mean, yeah. so much more acting to come. Thank you. Uh, this is like, yes. right, that's true, right? Yes, yes, um, absolutely. Why is this special? Why is this movie special to you? And why are you proud to have it as your first number one? Number one, we're going to speak into existence. Number Amen. one globally. Amen. Um, for me, because it took me out of my element. It pushed me and it scared me. And that's really the reason why. And I'm very proud of myself that I thought of myself enough and had the confidence enough to say yes, even though it scared me. And I pushed through and I did it, but above all, I believed in myself. And I'm really grateful to Nisi Nash and her speech when she said, I wanna thank me. But I, I think that we don't do that enough. And I really, I really, I was really scared. I said no. Did I say that already? Yes, yes. I said no. And I'm happy that I said yes. Really happy I trusted myself enough to say it. I'm happy too, because it brought you to me. And Thank I'm so you. grateful for that. Okay, we're gonna end things. Tell me about the sex toy. I gotta know what it was. Okay. <laughs> and I'm gonna press stop recording. Thank you. <laughs> Lovers and friends, go and watch Mia Culpa on Netflix, streaming everywhere globally right now. You probably already saw it. Hopefully you did. If not, sorry for the spoilers. Um, and if you have seen it, go watch it again. I know I will be. Last time I saw it, it was in the daytime and I couldn't see the night scenes the way that I needed to see the night scenes. So I'm gonna rewatch that. And um, for anybody who is like, how did you get this interview? Let me give you the backstory. I follow Kelly Rowland as most of you should be following her as well. It's windy, things, things are blowing. So sorry about that. Um, so I follow her on Instagram, and then to my delight, shock, surprise, um, she posted a Lovers and Friends clip on her story. I talked about this in the episode. It was the Teneriel episode, and her sharing that was such a moment because I was like, wow, she has seen my work. But further to that was she's comfortable talking about sex out loud, even if it's not her voice. It was something that she felt um, comfortable and inclined to share with other people. So I thought, well, what else would she be interested in sharing? So I slid in the DMs, I asked the question, and 
Again, to my shock and surprise, she responded back. She sent along her representations information to go about trying to book her. And again, that was over a year ago. So you just keep emailing. And that's what I did. I just kept emailing periodically, you know, talking about what we were doing, any guests that we had had recently, things I thought could be interesting for us. And I obviously didn't email her, uh, you know, at the end of last year because I was putting the podcast on hiatus, but I had told her representation, like, I'll come to her. Here's what we can do. Here's examples of episodes we've shot remotely. We can do it remotely. We could do it in person. I can do a junket, whatever it takes. If Kelly Rowland is willing to talk about sex, please let it be with me. So we put that on ice because the podcast was on hiatus. And then lo and behold, we get a magical email from Netflix actually that said she has this movie coming out. Um, it's a very sexy movie. And Kelly said she wanted to do something really fun to promote it. And lovers and friends came up in the conversation. So there you have it. Kelly Rowland came on the podcast because of perseverance, patience, and just doing great work while you wait for great moments like this to happen. And speaking of which, hoping that we can get some more great moments like this. I would love to still do five or six episodes this year of Lovers and Friends. So if there are really special guests that you think would be just incredible to have on here, I can start working on those now. It could take me a year before they say yes, or they can come through, but it's better to start now and get that ball rolling. So anyone that you would love to see, please put it in the comment section below. Let me know or write it in the rate and review section, which that's still very, very valuable. And for anybody who's been curious, what have I been up to during this hiatus? I have been building the deep part of my business. I uh, actually just hired a consulting company who really was able to put this into words because I knew that, I know that my work makes an impact and I've met many people who I, I feel like have had a very impactful parasocial relationship with me. It's a one-way relationship. And that is because I've gone wide. I've spent the past 15 years trying to go wide, trying to bring information to the masses, conversations, ahas, thought starters, research, etc. And while it's obviously been a wonderful career and I've accomplished amazing things I'm so super proud of, last year I started to feel a hollowness because I couldn't really get to know you, like really genuinely get to know you or show up in your life in more intimate ways. Um, so building the deep part of my business has really been about establishing some of the basics, I would even say, um, that allow me to be more involved with people who want to be more involved with me and allow me to get to know what that involvement needs to look like by getting to know you. And it's been an expensive exploration, guys. Um, and not just like financially expensive, but also time-wise. I've been spending so much time on phone calls trying to find who the right partners are for me, trying to figure out what I need to know versus what I can hire somebody else to know for me. Um, it's everything. It's like, what are the colors that that express how I want people to feel about the work that I do. Like I've never gone through this exercise before and it's been fascinating and scary, but a lot of fun. And I can't wait to complete it or get really close to it and then come back to Lovers and Friends with more of a purpose for going wide um, and with more clarity on where we're all going, where I really wanna take this business. And all of this I think is so timely because I'm turning 39 next month. And so not only is this pausing time, you know, a good exercise just for my business foundation period, but for me looking ahead as to what does my look like, what does my work look like in my 40s? What 
what kind of fulfillment am I going to be looking for and how can I be of service to others? This is all things that I'm thinking about as I build Lovers and Friends slash Shan Boudram 2.0. That was really rambly and I almost hope... <laughs> I almost hope that if you're a first time listener, you haven't listened this far because I promised you guys I'm usually very eloquent. I'm just talking about something that I'm still figuring out. So that's why it sounds a little disjointed. But what I am not figuring out is how I feel about being back. It feels great. I'm so happy to be here, happy to have brought this episode. Tell me, how have you been? What's been going on? Let's connect. I really do miss you. And until next time, goodbye lovers, goodbye friends. Why you looking at me like it's magic? Used to have me reaching climaxing. Flip you over wet Atlantic. I know what happened.